Welcome to the Social Selling Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Shaw, and I'm a social selling obsessed educator with a passion for health, fitness, and all things marketing and systems. We're all about delivering results producing strategies and getting super clear on how to scale and grow your online business. You're going to learn about all things marketing and see what actually works. It's true that success leaves clues. Take it from one of our very own listeners, Dana, who left this review. Hey, Ashley, honestly, thank you so much for being you and doing what you do. I've loved every minute of this episode. It's really got my brain going and I can't wait to listen to more. I've done your free done for you five day and I purchased the 20 done for you posts and I simply cannot say how amazing my interaction with people was when I was using your posts. One day I will have purchased all of what you offer. Thank you again for you. XO Dana. Dana, thank you so much for this review. If you are loving this podcast, finding yourself motivated to grow your business or enjoying all the marketing tips, do me a favor and help me spread the message. Leave me a rating or review and I may just share your message right here on the podcast. Welcome to Social Selling Simplified. I'm your host, Ashley Shaw. And in today's episode, I'm sitting down with sales expert, Ryan Doughty, and she helps seven and eight figure CEOs generate daily sales on demand without more of their time by building and training high-performance sales teams. What I love about this conversation is we get in to the things that you should stop doing immediately if you want to generate more sales. And this can be a bit of an emotional roller coaster for people because they feel like they don't have time to generate the revenue that they want to generate in their business. And Ryan makes it so simple to understand what you can stop doing and what to start doing to really build the business of your dreams. Listen in, get excited, grab a pen, and get ready to learn the things that you should stop doing right now. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here today, Ryan. I'm super pumped to jump into stop wasting your time and just do these things instead. Ryan, can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you got into social selling and everything that you do now. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ashley, for being here. And I'm excited uh, about the conversations. I started my career in sales. Like I've been in sales literally my entire career since I graduated college. Never really had any interest in entrepreneurship or anything like that. Cause I always felt like I was very in control of my income and in control of you know how much money I made. And it actually happened after my son was born, who is now four and a half at the time we're recording this. I went back to work and was like, this, like, this can't be it, right? Like this can't be it. And I was supposed to have my dream job. I was the director of sales and all this other stuff. And um, it was a long windy road that got me here where I learned that there was a giant opportunity in helping women improve their relationship with sales. So be it um, someone who's working in the corporate space, be it somebody in, you know, network marketing, being somebody, you know, as an entrepreneur, being a salesperson, like in general, women have this terrible negative connotation around sales. And I found that it was, you know, really keeping people stuck. And so I built an entire business around that. Um, and now I'm on my second iteration of business, if you will, and really helping people find a way to sell in a way that is genuine to them, that allows them to focus on relationships. We always talk about, you know, really focusing on human to human connection, really helping people feel seen and heard and understood, um, which is how I always sold in my career. And sometimes it took me a little longer than others to have success. 
Um, but I found that I had really good relationships, like long-standing relationships with my clients. Like literally, I just thought of this. This was just a thought that popped in my head. Mm-hmm. One of my girlfriends who was, she was actually one of my first clients when I was selling radio advertising in Orlando, Florida, a million years ago, is actually like still a good friend of mine this many years later. So mm-hmm. um, that's always just kind of been my approach and, and that's what I do. And I have a lot of fun doing it. What was the first thing that you ever sold? I worked for a company. This is kind of a fun story too, um, called Transcontinental. So I don't know if you know the name Lou Perlman. He was involved in like the Backstreet Boys and Sync. He is <laughs> since deceased and also yeah. went to jail for, I think, stealing money from those people. But that's mm-hmm. neither here nor there. But he had a company called <laughs> Transcontinental. And we did events for people in the um, the talent space. So they were the events that they'd have oh. at the hotel where you could come and meet producers and do training and all this other stuff. So it was kind of a joke, Ashley, that my first sales job, I was selling dreams to 18 year olds because that's what I did. (laughs) That's amazing. That is a great, (laughs) I have never heard of someone selling that before. That's Mm -hmm. really cool though. How did that job lay the foundation for what you do now? So, you know, what was really fun about that job and it's again, like I don't know. I'm having one of these days today's actually where like the, the, the chips are falling everywhere in a really good way, but it was, we were selling dreams to 18 year olds. Like we were selling mm-hmm. an intangible and cause it was, it was an event. It was a ticket to an event to come meet people mm-hmm. and learn about the industry and see if you were fit for it. And some of these people were traveling, you know, to Orlando, Florida at the time to do this. So I think just that job in general, a is what made me fall in love with sales. It made me realize that I could be in total control of my income based on how hard I was willing to work and how hard I was willing to work on myself. That was kind of the first thing. And then the second piece of that is getting really good at the selling to the emotion, right? And like I said, that really just fired for me that that's true. My very first sales job, it was an extremely emotional sale. Like nobody cared that it was a three-day event and they were going to stay here and also their stuff were happy. Like they wanted to know how is this event going to transform my life? And that is so much of how I teach sales today is to focus on the relationship you know, focus on how you transform people's lives in whatever way that that is, not so much on the ins and outs of what we sell. Okay. So you said you caught my attention, of course, at Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. That was like, you know, Mm -hmm. during the, I I had many, many posters. I think I actually (laughs) saw the Backstreet Boys, you know, funny enough, they were doing a concert in, uh, it was Darien Lake and it was the Backstreet Boys and the Spice Girls together. And yeah, great. Like best concert ever. (laughs) So that's where you sort of got your sales start. And what led you to where you are now? Like, what were some of the pieces that brought you to this place that you're at? Yeah. You know, I started as an individual contributor. Once we realized what we were doing wasn't 100% ethical, I left that job. Um, and got a job selling radio advertising, which was, okay. uh, that's what I was going to tell you was my first sales career. And I was like, actually, there was a small stint for a hot minute when I was very young and did not know what I was doing. You know, I was an individual contributor for a long time and uh, meaning I was a salesperson and then eventually became, I think I was like a director or national, I don't know. I traveled the country and trained sales reps. And what I learned and tying it back to my very first job is that there's not a lot of people teaching sales. We make the assumption that sales is innate, like even in a company, like when I got my job selling radio advertising, I didn't get a lot of training. Like I didn't get a lot of support. Mm-hmm. It was just like, yeah, well, you know, this is what we do. I got a lot of product knowledge, right, Ashley? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this is what we sell and da, 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 da. This is our morning show and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But nobody said, this is how you do your job. And I'm fortunate that my personality led to being money motivated and very competitive, led to me having a very abundant career in sales. But a lot of people don't 
have that. And so the assumption is, well, the only way you can be good at sales is if you, if it's innate, right? If that's just your personality and that's, and I vehemently disagree. So it kind of leads me to where I am today in a couple of ways. One, you know, in my business, Social Sellers Academy, we train sales teams for business owners. And we do that. For me, it's like, because I never want somebody to have that experience. I did. God knows how I managed to like keep the lights on (laughs) the phase Mm -hmm. of my career. My bills were very low. I was very young, but like, it was just very, you know, I never want somebody to experience sales in that way. Cause Mm -hmm. most people would have like just packed their choice up and gone home. Then like, forget it. Right. Like we're not doing this. This is hard. Nobody's telling me what to do. I have no support. So part of it is my motivation of, I, I love sales as a career. And again, it doesn't matter if you're in network marketing or a salesperson or an entrepreneur, like I love sales as a career. I think it's an incredible career. And I think that we chase people away from it because we don't give them the resources that they need. And then additionally, I just learned over time that the people who were most successful in sales were those people who were really focused on relationship building and solving problems. And so like, I, you know, over my years, I saw so many different salespeople and it was like, what's the difference between that person and that person? We're all Mm -hmm. selling the same stuff, right? We were all working for the same company. Why was that person infinitely more successful than this person? Because it wasn't the product, right? It was how Mm -hmm. they interacted with their people and how they built relationships that allowed those folks who were super successful, that won the trips, that did the things that um, made a lot of money, drove nice cars. It was always, they were the person who like their clients had them on speed dial and they, you know, went to parties at windows houses and they knew their kids' names and things like that. So for me, it's bringing those things together for both business owners and, you know, salespeople so they can be successful and be in control of their income. And so when it comes to the people that you typically work with, mm-hmm. what do you think the biggest bottlenecks challenges that you see for them getting to the goals they want to get to in sales? So there's a couple of things that happen. One being, you know, very specifically what we're talking about today is we waste an exorbitant amount of time mm-hmm. on activities that are not activities moving the, that are going to move the needle, right? Mm-hmm. We spend a lot of time being busy and productive and not like actually focusing on the right activity that's going to move the needle or at least prioritizing the activity. I'm not saying like never do this, only do this. It's just like focus on these types of things. I think when the people we work with, they're spending a lot of time on things that aren't uh, moving the needle. They're focused a lot on better understanding. Like, again, it's a lot of product pushing and educating. I see that a lot on social media. It's like, let me tell you all about the product. Let me tell you all about the service that we provide. Um, mm-hmm. And I see that happen a lot too, which is, again, I mean, that's that's a, poor, a part of it, right? We, we definitely want to talk about our products, but it's really, we're selling a transformation. We're selling a result. Those are the two things. Mm-hmm. It's like really focusing on not the activity that moves the needle and then spending a lot of time focusing on this education piece of let me tell you about the product instead of selling a result, a transformation, a an opportunity. Earlier, before we hit record, you were talking about people fall into two camps when it comes to content, because this is definitely yeah. where we see a lot of time wasted. And can you just describe what you did earlier about those two camps? Yeah. So I think it's two things when it comes to selling on social media, right? Some Mm -hmm. people are just like super married to content marketing. And that's all that they do is produce content. They spend all their time producing content in a million different ways, written content, reels, stories. I mean, all the things, TikTok doesn't matter. They never engage with their people. And then there's the people that really just kind of alienate the content piece altogether, or all their content is product pushing. And then it's all trying to, you know, focus on being in the DMs and and reaching out to people and building relationships that way. And what I think is it's like a good combination of the two that really allow us to be effective um, social sellers and really allow us to, you know, build robust businesses. Perfect. 
We've nailed the time-wasting activities, always be focused on actually moving the needle, the idea of not just talking about product, but what's the actual value you're bringing to the table, and then having the right mix of content. Let's pretend that you are starting a business tomorrow. You're going to put on your, let's call it network marketing hat, and you are going to open up the virtual doors and start first things that you're going to do to really get yourself out there in a way that lines up with everything that you've learned over your career? Yeah. So the first thing that I say, and this is one of the, the when we're talking about like, we're, we're not focused on learning, the first thing is talking to people. The first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to find who are the people that I already know who either A, want the transformation I provide or B, know the people who do. Right. And so I always like to start with the people closest to me. And again, not in a salesy, sleazy, spammy way in any way, shape or form, but it's, Hey, I'm super excited. I'll actually give you an example. Cause I actually did. Um, I spent some time in network marketing. It was actually my first entrepreneurial journey. I sold wine for a distributor out of California. It was super fun. I worked for wine shop at home. And the first thing that I did was I sent an email to my friends and I told them, a story of why I was doing this and what it was providing for me and my family and why I was really excited about it. And then by the way, this is super fun because I sell wine and I know you people love it. You know, let's get together and have a party. And that was how I did like my kickoff. It was, I reached out to like 15 people that were closest to me. They already knew. And I, I didn't, wasn't just like, Hey, I'm selling wine. Now you guys want to have a party. Like I really told the story behind why I felt emotionally attached to being in network marketing and, and starting this business. And what I saw it providing for myself and my family. And I know that's a lot of talking about me, but these were my people, right? These were not strangers. Mm-hmm. These are people who already know me. So I just really told them the story of this is what I'm doing. And this is what this looks like. And, you know, I'd love for you to be a part of it. So that was kind of step mm-hmm. one for me. Then step two was reaching out, like I just picked up the phone and I called, you know, my closest girlfriends or girlfriends that I knew had networked with girlfriends that, <laughs> that really liked wine. And I was just like, Hey, you know, again, same story. This is the opportunity. This is what I'm looking at. And I would just love your support. If you could lend it by way of hosting a party, if you could lend it by way of, you know, sharing on social media, if you could lend it by way of cheering me on, I would love that. And so that was how I booked like my first handful of tastings. And our goal was always, I think it was like five is what they told us at the time, like to book five within X amount of time. And that's how I got my first five tastings was through my network of people by talking to those people. And again, I didn't really talk to them a lot about the wine because I didn't know a lot about the wine yet, right? Like I had, I didn't have the product knowledge yet. Like what Mm -hmm. I told them was about, I told them about the opportunity and the lifestyle and how much fun it was and what they would learn and an opportunity to spend time with friends and then an opportunity to support somebody that they loved reach their dreams. And so I really very much kind of created it as an experience for people. Um, And so that's hundred percent what I would do today. Who do I already know? Who's already in my network? And that's where I would start. And then from there, I would start focusing on the social media piece. Um, going on to social and again, selling that same story. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I'm excited about. Cause again, assuming that your social network are people at this point in the game who know you, right. As your business grows, you're going to have all sorts of strangers as as social media friends. But when we start, they're primarily not strangers. (laughs) Um, so, you know, and telling them again, that same story and selling that experience, um, in a positive way, you know, what's, what's a cool way to support someone you love, do something you enjoy and get this result. And 
that was exactly what I did. And I did not make millions as a network marketer, but I, I would say that I, you know, I paid for daycare for the first two years of my son's life with my network marketing business. And I didn't buy wine for like three years because I kept earning it. So, you know, um, but that was, that was how I did it. And it was always just really focused on, on the people, like who are the people, you know, and doing follow-up that was, that's a huge part too, is like somebody would say, yeah, sure. Ryan, I'll host a tasting. And I would send them a text or a message and say, Hey, you know, here are my available dates. And maybe I wouldn't hear back from them, but like follow-up was the key for me is like, Hey, you know, I know you had mentioned wanting to host a tasting, you know, my tastings are booked in September. Let's look at October. Here are the dates that I have available. And I, the follow-up piece was always really big for me too. Anybody who was paying attention, commenting on our stuff on social, liking it, or like I said, even somebody who had raised their hand who didn't book at that time, doing a lot of follow-up there. It's really interesting because it's like, you've sort of taken the I want to call it the old school way of selling and made it new school. So I want to explain, like, as you're telling me these steps, like what I'm thinking about here. One, the fact that you talked to people and sent an email, how different, you know, like really, Mm -hmm. like it really is like, because a lot of times when people think about starting like a network marketing business or something like that, they're like, I got to get to the socials. I got to post, I got to DM people, all those things, right? I love that change up of it because we really do, you know, the return on investment in email is so much better than social media. So cool. Mm -hmm. I love how you did that. And then the other thing that is really interesting is just thinking about that idea of when you think about a tasting and wine, the benefit for the other person is like, you know, when you look at the motivations behind why people do things, status is one of them. So to have a wine tasting hosted at your house, That's sort of the status thing, right? Who wouldn't want that? So it's kind of cool. I'm just thinking about all the connections to health and fitness here and how now that I've heard your story, if I was in that position, I'd be hosting like shake tastings and hey, you're going to come and learn some stuff about health and fitness. We're going to do like a sampler workout of all these little things and you're going to get to taste all the shake. What a cool way to like put a fresh spin on something that has just been maybe online focused. I Mm -hmm. love that. This wasn't like forever ago, guys. Like my my network marketing career was not pre-social media, right? It was like 2017. So like social Mm -hmm. media was for sure a thing. But yeah, it's I think too, especially what I see in the in the health and wellness space is again, we wind up talking about a product a lot instead of talking Mm -hmm. about so like I love I actually hadn't even thought of that. This the status idea that you just said. For me, it was always about the experience, right? Like who doesn't need a night out with their friends? you know, away from life or, you know, a night in with your friends, right? Simple and organized and nobody has to think and nobody, cause I mean, I did all the planning for them. I gave them a grocery list. I did everything for them. So hmm. it's like, how can you make what you do an experience for people, right? How can you create that experience virtual or otherwise, right? Like the shake tasting, like the workouts, like what can you do to create experience for people? Cause that's what we were always selling in the wine space. It was the experience. It was the memories, right? It was, mm-hmm. you know, hanging out with your friends. It was always, we always trying to snap a picture of the host and their friends and so like, how mm. can you create experiences for people and sell a lifestyle or transformation? Um, because that's what people are buying when they buy anything. And I legitimately don't care what you're selling. Like that's what we're buying. I love that. Okay. So let's switch gears then and talk more about the social media side. Then what would be your strategy on that side of things? Absolutely. So social media, again, we can't avoid content marketing altogether, right? It's it's necessary. But for me, content was always very 
simple, right? Like again, sell the transformation, sell the experience, talk about it, you know, in in a way. So I'll give you again, another example from my experience Mm -hmm. was the wines that we poured, there was very little processing in our wine. So there weren't a lot of additives in our wine. And there was a joke that our wines were headache free. Don't test it. If you drink enough, it'll give you a headache. But um, generally speaking, women who are people who'd said that like, oh, I don't drink a lot of wine. It doesn't make me feel good. Our wines didn't do that because we didn't have the additives. I could have, you know, given you this long, lengthy thing on social media about the knowledge of wine. And -hmm. instead I chose to tell stories around how at the time I was doing this, I had, I mean, Davis was under the age of two, right? So I had a a toddler. And so like, it was not an option to wake up hungover, right? Like Mm -hmm. it just was not going to happen for me. So like telling that story around being able to wake up after a couple glasses of wine and not feeling groggy and not feeling like crap and being able to get up and chase my kid and have a good day. Like that was the story that I always tried to sell on social media. What is the story Mm -hmm. here? right? Not let me tell you about our wine with very few additives. Mm-hmm. It was, let me tell you how I managed to go out with my girlfriends last night, have a couple glasses of wine and still chase my toddler this morning and not feel like crap. Right. So again, mm-hmm. for you, it, again, speaking to the health and wellness space, how is what you're using? Like, what has that allowed you to do from a lifestyle perspective or something in your life that you wouldn't have done previously or something that would have slowed you down in another scenario? That's what I did on social media was I told stories about how the wine had impacted my life and things that it did for me. And then when people would interact with my content, I would start conversations with them, you know, Hey, Ashley, thanks so much for the love on social. And again, most of these people at the beginning were people I knew. So it was just an opportunity to start a conversation. How are you? Right. Like, you know, you're my cousin and I'm spoken to you in like five years and just figuring out and not to sell them anything, but to figure out, are you just being supportive? Which is awesome. Like, are you interested in learning more about the wine? Do you want to drink wine? that doesn't give you a hangover. Like let's talk, but I didn't go straight for that. It wasn't, Mm -hmm. Hey, Ashley, thanks for liking my post here's the link to go buy some wine or here's a link to go book a wine tasting, right? Like that wasn't how I approached it. It was, thanks for liking my post. I really appreciate the engagement. How are you? Or, wow, I was just looking at your social media and it looks like you just went on vacation. How was it, right? Or, oh my gosh, I can't believe your kids are in the fifth grade. Like that's crazy. Are they enjoying school, right? Always focusing on building that relationship. So that's kind of the strategy that I would take on social is really spending a lot of time telling stories about how the product had impacted my life. And then as people started to interact with that content, um, starting conversations with those people in a really organic, natural way to seeing where those conversations went. And I had a lot of conversations, actually, that went nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. They were not yeah. people interested in buying wine, joining my team, hosting a tasting, none of that happened, right? But, you know, they were conversations and it's just a good way to connect with people in general. And I got to practice talking about my business, right? I got to practice asking good questions. I got to practice positioning, you know, my product in a way that connected with people. I never view a conversation with somebody who doesn't buy as a waste of time. I view it as what can I learn from this opportunity? And then of course, just the relationship in general, right? I feel like today's world, we're bad at keeping in touch anyway. So it's a good way to connect with people. Absolutely. When it comes to this idea of stop wasting time and like get down and dirty and just get down to business, what are the key activities that you see Mm -hmm. in sales that like, you know, you can skip these, but don't you dare skip these other ones. What would that be for you? So for me, I mean, the number one activity actually is talking to people, you know, because again, we go to like, I'm going to go, you know, start a Facebook page or open an Instagram profile or, you know, update my social media. And like, that's our first reaction for me. It's focus on talking to people first, right? Focus Mm -hmm. on the people who are closest to you, the people who already know you, like you and trust you start there first. And I legitimately don't care what kind of business you have. Like even in the business that I run today, like we're not in network marketing. I started with my network, right? My first clients came out of, I have a business partner. It came out of our existing network of people. So for me, it's go talk to people, 
people that know you is, are even better. And that is where I always tell people like in the beginning of your business, like 80% of your time needs to be focused on talking to people and then 20% of your time. So say for instance, you can, you can dedicate 10 hours a week to your business, right? Like maybe that's the number of hours that you have available, Like 80% of that time needs to be spent talking to people. And 20% of that time can be spent on things like content creation, even things like, and again, I know everybody's business is different depending on like sometimes setting up, you know, setting up your website and all that different stuff. I think mm-hmm. we get stuck in like, well, I've got to do the training videos and I've got to do this. And I don't want to right. tell anybody that I'm doing this until I, I really know exactly what I'm doing. And then I want to make sure that my website is pretty. And I want to mm-hmm. make sure that I know how to input orders and all these other things. And we spend, you know, three weeks, the most excited time of starting a new business and network marketing, you know, piddling around on the back end without ever talking to anybody. So for me, it's, you know, figure out how much time you can dedicate to the business, really focus on talking to people and showing up in a really powerful way and in, in telling your story and your transformation and the product that you use or, or that you promise people. And then, you know, the remainder of that time being spent on that back office stuff. Yeah. I remember in a mastermind I was in, we talked about your five, I think it was the top 5% of what people are actually doing in their business. And the number one priorities in your business is like selling. If your business is not where it needs to be, especially in the beginning and you're not profitable, you need to be, and I say selling like sort of in quotes because, you know, I don't mean just talking about your product. It's all the conversations, like you said, that really needs to be happening. And so many people just are spending time like making things pretty. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, no, (laughs) that's the opposite of good time invested right now Um, or not the right amount of time. Amazing. So any other tips or things that you definitely think my listeners need to know before we wrap this up? Yeah. So one of the things that I find in, um, and this is a little sales related, but it's, it's a little in the mindset camp as well. It's making a decision about what you want your business to look like, and then creating a plan of which to operate it. Right. So I talk to a lot of people, again, network marketers or otherwise, they're like, yeah, you know, it'd be great if I could get this off the ground. Like, oh yeah, no, I would love to be able to make $500 a month to go on vacation. Like we talk and he's like, oh, you know, maybe I possibly might sort of kind of want to do this thing. Uh, And here's the deal. If you're going to put your time, effort and energy into this, like make a decision, decide what you want it to look like, and then make a plan to make that happen. Right. So, cause Ashley and I can sit here and tell you all day long to go talk to people and you're like, yeah, no, tomorrow. Like, I'll get to it tomorrow. I'll get to it tomorrow, right? Because we don't have a plan on how to work our business or when we're going to work our business. So the things I tell anyone who's looking to start a business is you need to make a decision um, of what you want your business to look like. And then you need to create a, a schedule, you know, for lack of a better word, of how you're going to work that business, right? Where are you going to carve out that time? Even if it's only 30 minutes a day, where does that time come in? And what are you going to do in that time? Newsflash, it should be talking to people if that's all the time that you have. But that's kind of my thought is, Again, oftentimes we step into these businesses that, you know, and, and we're excited about them at the time. Maybe it's because we love the product. Maybe it's because, you know, there's a million reasons why we get into network marketing, right? But until we really make a decision as to what it's going to look like, we just kind of fumble around and we don't take that concentrated, make that concentrated activity. And then we wind up losing interest, right? Like you had asked me kind of in the, the beginning uh, when I was talking about my network marketing story, it was never intended to replace my full-time job at the time. It was literally to pay for daycare. Like my husband and I knew we wanted to have a kid. And I really wanted to find a way to pay for daycare without changing my lifestyle. <laughs> so like, I don't want to have to cut back on anything. So the answer to the question is obviously to just make more money, right? So that's mm-hmm. what I went after. But I knew that's what I wanted. Like, I knew that's what I was trying to do. I wasn't trying to make a million dollars. I was trying to pay for daycare. And, 
that was the decision I made. And then I planned time to work the business. So it built a business that could pay for daycare. And so I think that that's the important thing that we need to do is we need to decide what we want. What do we want this to look like? What, you know, what's our plan. And then in that plan time that we have really focusing on those income producing activities, talking to people, you know, creating content that creates connection and transformation for people. I love it. That's amazing. Well, Ryan, it's been a pleasure talking to you. So if people want to learn more about you um, and see what you're up to, where's the best place for them to connect with you? Yeah, you can feel free. I, I'm super easy to find um, on social media. So it's Ryan with two N's Dowdy. So you can find me on Facebook, on um, Instagram. I'm at Ryan Dowdy official. Um, so either one of those places are great places to hang out. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for your time today. We super duper appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Ashley. So thank you so much, guys, for listening to this episode of Social Selling Simplified. And I would love to hear your biggest takeaway. So make sure to drop that in the comments below. And we'll see you next time on Social Selling Simplified. Hey, Beachbody Coach. If you're pumped and ready to take full advantage of new opportunities, you know the vital importance of having a launch strategy. Passion is important, but being prepared and creating a successful strategy can take hours of hard work. Beachbody's new live classes are going to be a game changer for your business, and we were ready. Our team did all the social media strategy work for you and created an entire month of post templates expertly designed to take full advantage of this exciting change. Don't let this opportunity for growth pass you by because you guessed and stressed and flew by the seat of your pants. The work has already been done for you by expert copywriters. All you have to do is follow the step-by-step instructions that show you how to tweak each post to be true to you. Head over to ashleyshaw.ca slash rockyourbody. Download and follow the easy instructions that show you how to tweak each post to be true to you. Then you're done. That's ashleyshaw.ca slash rockyourbody.